Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. We welcome in our good buddy, Riley Corcoran, to the show. Riley, how you doing, man? Great to see you, as always. Well, thanks for having me in. I'm, I'm trying to get some normalcy back to a week here. No uh, chance. After, after, nah, yeah, probably not until Christmas time. Yeah. I'm thinking Christmas time will be <laughs> first time we can kind of go, okay, life's back to normal. But these are the times you live for, you know, and maybe a gripe about less sleep for a little bit, but it's kind of the weeks you live see, for. See, Riley's got the job. Everybody else, Christmas is the aberration, right? Christmas is the outlier. He's like, hey, Christmas, this is the closest to normal I'm going to get for a while, you know? 100%. Crossover season's here. Um, Riley, let's talk about uh, the Grizzly football team, shall we? Because they're uh, obviously in the heart of what it is that they're going for right now and uh, coming off, well, a spanking of the Idaho Vandals on uh, on Saturday, finishing that game with a 42-7 to run, uh, if you can call it that. It's just a game that they hammered them in uh, overall. Um, but... Coming out of that game, going into this game, Weber State, you know, we thought on the road, UC Davis, UC Davis, I think the number four team in the nation at that time, uh, you know, a couple other games on the schedule, Sacramento State, obviously when they played them, lost to Sacramento State, uh, was an outstanding team and, team and still is. I think at this point, we can safely say Weber State will be the best non-Oregon Duck football team that the Grizzlies will have played. They finally get one of these games in Missoula, which I know is a big thing for, uh, for Montana, but when you look at Weber State, I know you're proud for this game and you obviously have seen every second and more of what Montana has done this year this is going to be a great game on Saturday I know you're excited for it what do you see in your crystal ball then? oh I see a lot of things first off how long has it been since Missoula has had a game like this first mm. off inside Washington Grizzly State people gotta show up I, I'm we'll, let's circle back to this we'll circle yes. back to this yes I, I can't you're not gonna do anything better Get over yourself. Pulling the elk out of the middle of the wilderness is going to suck compared to going to this game. Just go to the game. Eat some hot dogs. Hunt on Sunday. There you go. (laughs) Easy. Coulter's got it. I don't even need to say any more. No, this is a semifinal type showdown. I mean, you you look at these teams and you see the stats they put together. And and I know you guys do this too. You look on the national picture. I mean, these rankings are no joke. These are two of the top five teams in the country. Legitimately, I mean, you've got big sky time. Title implications on the line. What I see, it's the boring stuff to talk about, but the battle up front is going to be fascinating. This entire game to see which team can kind of win the battle first. I think the two best, two best rush defenses in the league as well. So who can establish that? I think a lot of people are going to talk, and for good reason. Grizzly offense against Weber defense. But talking with Coach Out, seeing the film. They're worried about the other sides of it first. That that's where the game's really going to be won, where the marquee matchup, of course, is all the skill that the Grizz have against basically Weber's top defense who leads the big sky in everything. We haven't talked to you in a while, so I want to ask you just some broad questions. What's been the biggest surprise to you for this year's Grizz team? 
Wow. I think the the consistency. I, I mean, we have not seen a consistent season from these guys since I've been here, and this is year four for me. So. They've, been, they've been consistent within the scope of games, too. I mean, every single game in conference play, basically besides Sac State, has been a script, right? Yeah, start slow, make all your mistakes early, and then the final 30 minutes, basically play perfect, absolutely dominate your opponent, look like you're the number one team in the country after halftime. It's honestly like, a, it's almost like it's part of the formula. And Coach Elk has said it over and over again. He says, I love our guys' ability to not freak out, Deal with adversity, weather the storm, make adjustments, finish the game. And that maybe can can piggyback on the biggest surprise for me is, and a lot of people, and I think in the media we do this a lot to get nitpicky with, okay, well, the second half's so good, there must be something wrong with the first quarter. There must be something wrong. Where in reality, guys, I, the game plan's built to wear down teams. And they're, they're setting up stuff in the beginning that gets them going in the second half. So I think that really the biggest surprise all year long has just been the, the consistency from this group. I think that I noticed a change with Coach Houck, and I think we mentioned this the first time I was in, about that first week going into the South Dakota game of, okay, the confidence meter's flipped a little bit. He really likes where his team's at, um, that the, the potential, the expectations might change, that I think that they'd be eight and two right now in the top five. I'm not sure anybody could have said that that would have been the case, but uh, you had signs early on that this team was able to get it done, and, and we knew uh, coming out of Spokane, sure, whether it was Eastern Washington, UC Davis, there'd be a couple tough games. I think Sac State morphed into that role a bit, but Weaver right. State's always been circled on the calendar for this week. We knew this would be a big game. The one question that I still have outstanding with this Grizzly team is that the closest game they've played, win or lose, is 14 points. First game of the season, the next closest was a 15-point game, I think, with Portland State. In any case, they're, for the most part, blowing teams away and then in some cases have played some opponents that got the better of them pretty good. But, but nonetheless, you know, until you're in that dogfight that comes down to it, uh, you know, the coaches can all have been in it and everything else, but these players, you know, they, they haven't seen it all season long, and this might be that sort of game on Saturday. What do you think about that if, if this is a three-point game, a tie game in the last seven minutes in the fourth quarter? It's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, you go through 10 games, and you don't play one within 14 no. points. I, that's that's <laughs> unbelievable, crazy. whether it's one way or another. And I, I think that, yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to say, oh, it's not that big of a deal at all. It is. I mean, especially with some of these younger guys, I think you ride the back of Dalton Sneed. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that Dalton Sneed won't get rattled in that type of situation later. But, yeah, you're going into a grinder-type game where, and I think we could, again, circle back to the first quarter slow start. I think every game on the remainder of the schedule, the team knows they can't afford that. I mean, if you have the mistakes that happen against Idaho State or Idaho or even Portland State in the first quarter to a team like Weber State, or a playoff team down the road, they could probably hang 17 to 21 on you. So uh, I am a little bit, I'm intrigued. I wouldn't say worried. I think intrigued would be the right word to see how or what happens in the fourth quarter when it's a one-score game. We just haven't seen that all year long. The most compelling part to me about this is that the Big Sky's had a reputation as a finesse league, not a physical league for a really long time. And the outlier the last decade was, was Montana and Weber State. Yeah, yeah. And the outlier now, it's actually been funny because Montana set the pace in the 90s, and then everybody decided we're going to throw it all over the place, and we're going to replicate that. And that's where, I mean, Eastern, Dick Zorns ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball some more. And Mike Kramer was like, okay, what do we do to change this? We're going to spread it out. And then he did the same thing with the Cats. And then Eastern and the Cats, and everybody's going all spread. The stalwarts were Montana, and to a certain extent, Weber State. But then now, with North Dakota State winning like they have, it's it's unfortunate. I've said this before, but it's unfortunate those really great Eastern teams didn't get to play North Dakota State, except for the one time in 2010. They beat them before they even got to the championship, and that Eastern team won the championship. That's turned over there, though. You've seen a gravitation more back towards the physical style of football at a lot of different programs, whether you're talking in the Big Sky Conference or around the rest of the FCS. But I think the interesting part about what Montana's faced, Idaho was actually a pretty decently physical team last week. 14 penalties, too. Jeez. <laughs> Chippy and physical. I mean, just grow up. It's brutal. It was hard to watch, honestly. By the fourth quarter, I was like, get me out of here. I, I, the Grizz have won this game. Now someone's just going to get hurt. Let's just stop doing this. But anyways... Montana has played. I mean, Sac State is is definitely athletic and physical for sure. But no, they Montana hasn't played a punch you in the face 
drag you in the middle of the street team, with the exception of the Cats, are honestly, arguably, mm-hmm. since Bobby's been back. They haven't got to play this. and But Bobby loves this style. And this team looks like the old Weaver State teams. I'm not sure Montana looks like the old Montana teams in a lot of different ways. But they're not going to back down. They're not going to back down from the challenge. That's even the most interesting part, though, because Coach Houck has had glowing and specific things to say about every coach we've asked him about this year. He had nothing to say about Jay Hill, not as if he disrespects Jay Hill whatsoever. They just literally haven't crossed paths. And there is no real similarities between them besides their special teams acumen. They are not the same in in personality or recruiting style or program style or anything. And so I do think it's a, an intriguing battle because it's not like oh, I'm going against my old boy Petrino, who I've known for 35 years. Right. It's not like, oh, I'm going against Aaron Best. I know what I'm getting in Eastern Washington. I know what I'm getting in Rob Fennessy. I know what I'm getting even in Andy Thompson at Sac State. This is completely new. And the, just the absolute dogfight this is going to be is, is fascinating to me to see how both sides react. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. It's 2TEL Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, in studio with us. And Riley Colton touched on it briefly, and I know he did because he touched on everything. <laughs> Uh, I was a good opening statement. Yeah, that's right. Starting the two-hour show. Opener and closer. Yeah. Yeah. listening to Jeff Choate. <laughs> <laughs> no the further monologues. comment for me the on monologues. that. The monologues. Um, he, but he did mention the special teams and the acumen that, that not just the acumen, but the emphasis that, that, that Jay Hill has and is on that. And in Rashid Shaheed and Jerry Louis McGee, don't leave your seats when it's a punning situation. In fact, return to them. Uh, this is going to be very, very exciting. Coach uh, 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 Halk was asked, you know, what do you got to do? And he says, tackle them. And it seems like, okay, well, that's – thank you. Thank you, Bobby, for the insight. But the point is, he's like, right. you, you really can't kick away in a punting situation. I mean, you can't kick it out of da- bounds, but that's not really what they're taught to do. You just have to cover the thing and make a play. Uh both these teams are way in the plus when it comes to punt return. What do you think about that matchup? I think it was interesting on that note, on that comment that he made, because a lot of teams, what have they done since Malik Flowers and Jerry Lou and McGee went crazy the first part of the season? Give Montana the ball the 40. Right, they kicked right. the ball away. They yeah. have not allowed, I, Malik Flowers has like three returns in the last five games. And so, with that being said, I'm excited because you're going to see these guys with the ball, because neither coach is afraid in that aspect of it. So, I think that That'll be important. How about fake punts and fake field goals? Weber State fakes it more than anyone. Their punter, Lloyd, he has six carries this year. I mean, how many times does a punter have six right. carries? There was a the play on film that I saw. They were going for a field goal, literally, and he just takes off from the holder position. There was a seam wide open for, against Idaho, 45 uh-huh. yards uh-huh. to the house. I, I'm So that part of the game, to me, is where it's going to be won or lost. I think an explosive play could be the difference in this, whether it's Jerry or whether it's Rashid Shahid, Coach Halkai. I was I was kind of taken aback by that comment that he's the most explosive player in FCS football. I think mm-hmm. it, it grabbed everybody's attention, not only the receiving game but the return game. But I, this game is so close. Just the the outset of the prep that I've done that there is so many tinkers back and forth with these two squads that it's going to come down to a big play and I'm probably on special teams. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, too, that Coach Alex said, well, what are you supposed to do, kick it away from him? How do you do that? Well, you, you can. I mean, so, to quote Bobby Houck five weeks ago, if you're good enough, if you're any good, they won't kick it to you, right? No Isn't doubt. that what he said? So, I, mean, I, thought, I, don't know. I thought his his, his analysis and concern of the punt team was accurate because it is a little bit harder to kick it away from a punter. 
But kickers now are so highly trained, like kickoff specialists are so highly trained that they can just kick a flutterer to the up back. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris, uh, how many how many kicker turns is Bryson Deming going to end up with in his career? <laughs> Even though he's a 260-pound tight end. I mean, he might have more than flowers by the end of the year. He's going to keep five going. or six because he's the up back. They kick it to him. So that part, and teams have kicked away from Rashid Shaheed. Rashid Shaheed's the Devin Hester of the Big Sky Conference. No I mean, doubt. the guy is un, unreal. I mean, you're, you are absolutely elite. I mean, how many kick return and punt return touchdowns did Dante Pettis have in his career? Eight, I think. Yeah, he's. I mean, Rashid Shaheed had four just kickoff returns and two punt returns his first two years. So yeah. people said, no thanks. Mm-hmm. He's only got six or seven kickoff returns only, this year. Only. But the thing is, he wasn't their primary punt returner. Josh Davis was, but to take some workload off of him, and because it is harder to kick away from a punt returner, they put Rashid Shaheed down at punt returner. Now, shocking, he's leading the country 17.8 yards per return. So, uh, he, when Bobby Houck says he's the most explosive player in FCS, this is not as if he just saw him on film either. He went to Mark, Mount Carmel in San Diego, so I guarantee you Coach Houck knew who this kid was when he was at SDSU. Out yeah. And here's a play, that, and when you look at the grand scope of the season, one that will never obviously make it because it never counted, but there was a kickoff. They played San Diego State in the opener, and San Diego State won that game 6 to nothing. Shahid returned a kick for a touchdown that was called back by penalty. And would have won the game. Mm. Can you imagine just how we're looking at Weber State if they are sitting now 9-1 and one but have an FBS win, shoot, they're number two maybe knocking on the door right behind NDSU. I know it. I mean, you just look at the grand scope, but that's how uh, big-time Shahid can be. And Coach Houck, I think he looked at that San Diego State film a lot because of mm-hmm. those parallels. The, the fracturing of the FCS has been fascinating. Not fracturing, but the tiering of the FCS has been fascinating because James Madison's poured so much money into football that they basically sit in a tier alone right below the people that sit in the tier alone by themselves for 10 years, and that's North Dakota State. And then you have this third tier of, I'd say, 10 to 12 teams that are from the power FCS conferences that are all sort of chasing that third spot. But no one has really been able to beat a healthy James Madison team, and no one's been able to beat any version of a North Dakota State team. I mean, Dan Hawkins told us earlier this year, that's the best NDSU team. They've been doing it for 10 years. That's the best one. I mean, when's it ever going to stop? I don't know. But... The thing is that Weber is, to me, the, the only team that's consistently been able to rise up and challenge. And I think it's an incredibly undertold story. For whatever reason, because Jay Hill's an understated guy, because their players are understated players, they don't have a lot of rah-rah guys or guys with superstar personalities. And they're not at programs like Montana and Montana State, where even if you're a quiet guy like Dante Olson, you still become a star because of your production and because of the fan base. But Weber... I mean, they've won 28 out of their last 32 Big Sky Conference games. They've won 13 Big Sky Conference games in a row. Two years in the playoff, two years ago in the playoffs, which was not their best team. They're better than that now. But two years ago in the playoffs, they took James Madison all the way to down the, to the wire. A, a game that was a shoulda, coulda. I mean, instant classic. Yeah, if not yeah. for a 50-plus yard field goal at the buzzer, James Madison, they're probably going to overtime. And mm-hmm. and Weber was awesome in that game. They looked athletically on par with James Madison. They look strength-wise on par. Mm-hmm. And so, and then you look at last year, I mean, the the playoffs can make a season become encapsulated in a completely different way, depending on how you lose. I and mean, people forget, Weber State, they're number three in the country right now. That seems so such like a landmark deal. They were the two seed in the playoffs last year. Then they just went against a main team that knocked the dogs not out of Jay Constantine. He threw four picks, and they looked awful on national TV. And everybody's kind of just like, air out of the balloon. Weber right. State's just kind of overrated. But that's not true. They're really, really, really good. They just had a bad ending to last year. But I guess it's just fascinating to me, two things, that they that they have been the program out of all the programs that have risen to really be at the top of that third tier behind the top two big dogs, but also that they don't get as much national recognition for it. Do you think it's because of style of play? Because they are the only team that went to a different direction, and they have owned that. And they've and now again, just to what your opening statement was saying, now teams are trying to follow suit, yep. kind of behind them. Did they rise to the top because they were different and dominated? I mean, I think that's a kind of a great question to talk about Weber State and how that they've risen to the top the last couple of years. Well, I think part of it is that they are so good in pretty much all the ways that the common fan doesn't watch football. They've had the best offensive and defensive line in the league for three years. They've had the the best kicker turner in the country, arguably the best kicker in the country, one of the best punters in the country, 
If you have the best guy in the country, that's a huge advantage. <laughs> I mean, Jay Hill said it. He said, we might not have superstars, but I am confident that I have the best running back in the country, the best specialists in the country, and the best special teams returners in the country. That, that gives you five of the positions on the field. That's yeah. a pretty big advantage. I think the other thing <clears> is, though, is that they win by scoring on special teams. They win by dominating the takeaway margin, and they almost never win by going on 42-point runs like Montana. Montana's the antithesis of Weber, right? In the spectacular nature of how they bury teams. Because when they get rolling, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's touchdown, 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 touchdown. I mean, they can go on four and five touchdown runs where it's just bomb here, bomb there, weapon here, weapon. It's, it's amazing. Five times this year, the Grizz have scored 24 unanswered points or more. That's an mm. insane stat. Five times in 10 games, they've went on a run where it's 24 or more points. That's amazing. I mean, that's, it's amazing. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, the thing to me about Weber State, though, too, is that they were they were terrible generally prior to Jay Hill's arrival there. Not not to say they didn't have some high water marks and so forth, but it's Jay Hill who has built this program, and they. I, 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 I'll say I say this: it's it's a bumper because Ron McBride at the end of his tenure had it rolling a little bit, and that 2008 Weber team that won the Big Sky that beat Montana for the only conference loss of Bobby Hatch during that duration was yeah. really good, and then they had just the calamity of. John L. Smith errors. era. I mean, John L. Smith era lasts six months. Jody Sears gets a job he doesn't want or deserve. Fire, fire, fire. And then Jay Hill. But Jay Hill played for Ron McBride at Utah. So to me, there's a lot of continuity there, actually. Jay Hill just, the thing that's so impressive about Jay Hill is he was able to flush that terrible five years that they had and get it back to where Ron McBride had it. And then now, superior to where he ever But had. I also think that often, when you're talking about who's going to be the, the challenger to those other two programs, it's been... Teams who've had higher high water marks, but the team has changed kind of year in and year out. I think South Dakota State is in that conversation. I put Maine actually in a lot of ways on that same level of where where Weber is now, where they were a national semifinalist two years ago and absolutely in it again in a top level deal this year. And can they continue to keep that going? I think the thing that's notable about Jay Hill is as Coulter always says, some guys are great builders, some guys are great on top. It's really hard to be both. Mm-hmm. And Jay Hill has built the program and has now maintained the program for two or three seasons at that level. And can you know can you still take yet another step again and close that gap between James Madison and DSU? I don't know. Either direction. I mean I think both these teams Saturday, it's a signature win for whoever comes out no with it. And that is what is going to make this game great. The other thing, too, is, you know, if it's if it's a blowout, maybe you do learn something. I don't think that's going to happen in either direction. So even in a loss, this is not a game that's going to, you know, adversely affect. Like, if these two teams both prove, yes, they are both top five teams, it won't surprise me if we're sitting there and it's they're ranked four and six or seven Come up the bowls regardless of what happens. I think the winner of this game will end up being the number three seed. I know mm. it doesn't sound too crazy if Weber wins, but I think if the Grizzlies win out, they will move up to number three because signature win. Yeah. I do think that it's an enormous game for both teams. It's a prove it game for Weber State because even with all the success I just talked about, I mean, last they won in Missoula last time they were here, but that was during the building. That was during their first winning season under Jay Hill, not their first playoff season, not their first title season, and it wasn't against Bobby Houck. That in itself, I mean, you can tell in the league right now, everybody was a little bit fearful that Coach Houck was back, and now they're just straight up like, well, he's got it rolling again. Good luck to us, because yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. But I think the other thing is, though, it's a gigantic game for Montana because I really do think that Beating the number three team in the country on the way into Cat Grizz sets the tone, puts some intimidation into the Cats. On the other side, if you get, even if you win a close one or a big one or whatever, if you lose in your last home game, that's a little bit of a speed bump. Mm-hmm. But I do think it could be a backside motivational factor going into Cat Grizz, but you'd much rather be coming off beating the number three team in the country. Riley, one more thing I want to talk to you about before you go, but I was absolutely amazed, surprised at how many people weren't at Washington Grizzly Stadium on Saturday. And I thought, you know, maybe this is just a result of what I do, and I talk about this stuff all day, every day, and I'm looking at it or whatever, but to have the Idaho Vandals coming back to Washington Grizzly in a traditional rivalry, one that many, many Montana fans still are, you know, care about and, and it matters to them, and and, and uh, I, I, I was just amazed. I thought it was going to be like a full deal. What do you think that... Do you have an explanation for that, and what do you think is going to happen this Saturday? Well, I've... Heard and understood now after four years into this that hunting season 
Big time. Like the culture was saying, it's crazy, but I can't believe that it's a thousand or two. And I think a lot of people may be waiting for this game, but it doesn't make any sense to me either in the sense of weather. I mean, it was perfect weather. For a November game, I could see if it was sleeting or something Mm -hmm. like that, why you might not have it. But I think that a lot of people were still at the beginning of this year wondering, okay, maybe they're they're one year away. Do we need to adjust all of our plans for it? But my goodness. And, And from your chair, you think that way? From my chair, I'm around Grizzly Athletics every single day. I don't understand how that stadium's not full, mm. especially for a game this weekend. But it surprised me to big time that it, for Idaho that it wasn't packed, sold out. And if it's not this weekend, I'll be even more surprised. I mean, this is what Grizz fans have been wanting, right? They wanted Bobby Houck back. They wanted a game for a, a Big Sky Championship. They wanted a top five showdown. They wanted meaningful November football. I say it all the time, but this one checks all the boxes. Uh what do you think? I mean, you don't have to make a prediction here or anything like that, but just how, as as you see this thing going, what do you think in terms of how much scoring is going to happen or not? You talked about maybe an explosive play is the thing that does it. What are you looking for on Saturday? I think that first half you're really going to see both teams feel each other out a little bit from the physical nature of it too, of uh, just to see, does anybody get blown off the line first off? I really think you're going to see another boring first quarter. I really do. I think 3 nothing, 7 nothing, one score either. Both teams will kind of feel out the process. I This might be a little bit naive to think this, but Weber State's offense just doesn't have the explosiveness that I see that I think you need against the Grizzly defense. Grizzly defense has not allowed sustained drives for the most part this year. It's been a big play or or two, right? So I think that for Weber, they're going to have to have a big play or two in this one. For the Grizzlies, if they they have a halftime lead in this game, wow, watch out. I mean, that's kind of the obvious statement, right, with the way they've been playing in the second half. But uh, I think that uh, there might be some things up the sleeve early on to kind of Trick plays, everything. This will be played like a semifinal game. I just truly think that's the case, and it's a precursor to the playoffs and everything else, but it feels like a semifinal-type preview, showdown, everything around the offices this week. So it's the intangibles, and that'll be fun for you guys to talk about all week long, but it's going to be the intangibles in this one that uh, they're going to be the difference. Well, we do have a pair of tickets to this game. Uh, We've just posted it uh, this afternoon. On Twitter and Instagram at 1029 ESPN, we're getting your best Grizz pick. This is the last game of the season of the regular season in Missoula, and so we want to see what has transpired over the first 10 weeks of the year. As you've been at games, send us your best Grizz pick. Tag it, hashtag ESPN Grizz pick, and you can tag uh, at ESPN, uh, at 1029 ESPN on Twitter and on Instagram there. We'll select the four best as we see them, and then we will have a vote. We will put it to a poll uh, for everybody to uh, vote on the top four on Thursday and give those away that way. So uh, uh, make sure you check that out and get to the game because it's going to be a great one. Riley, uh, we didn't even get to basketball we got a whole season ahead, but for goodness sake, I mean, get some sleep or something like that because Deal. the brackish waters of football and overlapping with basketball, is uh, it's a heck of a time for I'll you. Admit, I admit, I had sweats on because I was prepping today, and yeah. I forgot you guys are big timers here on TV, yeah. so I threw on a pair of jeans <laughs> just, 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 for, just, just, for yeah, just, just for you guys. Yeah, just for you guys. Riley Corcoran <laughs> Sports Network. I don't know what he's on. He's on, he's on seven different avenues of SWX Montana. Yes, he is. Well, Riley, we appreciate it very much, man. Have a good one. Okay? Always, guys. Take a quick break. On the other side, Dan Hawkins, the head coach of the UC Davis Aggies. They're hosting Montana State this weekend in a huge, huge game for both teams. So UC Davis playing for their playoff lives and Montana uh, playing to, uh, to Montana State playing to have some momentum, a three-game winning streak going in to uh, the Brawl of the Wild. So big game this weekend there as well. We'll talk to the head coach of UC Davis right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. 
Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas. Here's a little bit of sports news for you. The Montana High School playoffs are into the final four in all five classifications after another weekend featuring games both contested and lopsided. The top four teams, uh, top four seeds held in Class AA, setting up a pair of primetime matchups Friday night. Top seeded Butte High destroyed Kalispell Glacier 51-14 to earn the right to host their first semifinal since 2013. The Bulldogs will host Billings West, the defending state champions, who took care of Hell on a capital 48-27. Missoula Sentinel will host the first semifinal playoff game of the 21st century in Missoula when the Spartans welcome Bozeman to the Garden City. Sentinel's into the semis for the second time in three seasons but will be favored as Missoula County Public Stadium hosts its first semifinal playoff game in 25 years. Amazing. The In Class A, Hamilton earned revenge against Billing Central, the team that beat the Bronx in the state title game last year. Hamilton won 34-17 to earn the right to go to Miles City for the semis. The Cowboys ended French Town season with a 43 win. On the other side of the bracket, Dillon will host Laurel after the Beavers beat Haver 47-7 and the Locomotives blasted Libby 50-0. In Class B, Fairfield beat Florence, Manhattan down Loyola. Eureka blasted Columbus and Red Lodge beat Malta. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Montana State is coming off two wins, two dominant wins against two not very good teams. Now they go on the road to play a decent team, perhaps a, a, a very good team, and what's a big, big game for both of them. Dan Hawkins, the head coach of UC Davis, joins us now. It is Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. December 7th, the 7th annual snow day at Kurtz Polaris. One day only, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. The biggest sale of the year, one day only at Kurtz. All right, we go now to the Rangus Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in the head coach of the UC Davis Aggies, who hosts Montana State in the second-to-last weekend of the Big Sky Conference season, Dan Hawkins. Coach Hawkins, thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. How are you? I'm great. How's life up there? Well, we're doing great. We knew you'd be great because you're always great. I mean, that's the <laughs> philosophy, right? And, and, and every day is better than the one before it? Well, we're trying to make it that way. I don't know. Sometimes I, you know, I don't always do a good job, but I'm trying to make it that way. Well, no doubt. Well, let's talk about this season a little bit. You guys uh, came off such a phenomenal year last year and had, you know, really lofty expectations, had a very, very tough schedule, a couple of of FBS teams, NDSU, and then the Grizz back-to-back. You've kind of turned it around here, you're 5-5, five and five, and still have a look at this thing. Where are you at in the course of this season right now and as you look out the last two weeks of the, of the regular season? Yeah, our kids have battled. They really have. Uh, I've been happy with our effort and uh, resolve and all that. Um, life is, is defined, I think, by the details and the little things, and it doesn't mean that you know you, you discount effort at all, but I've, I've been on the other side. Shoot, when you look at last year, I very could have ended up similar to this year. So uh, got to be able to capture a little ground in some of the details. But, shoot, our guys, have they played hard. Uh, they prepared well. We battled. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're still alive here. I mean, we have to we have to do some things for sure, but you got to rank Bobcat team, and Sac State is playing great, and they're ranked. And uh, you'd hope if, if we do, which, hey, if ifs and buts were candy nuts, we'd all have a happy holiday. But, I mean, we've got to <laughs> – We've got to finish, and if we can finish, uh, I, I think we, we deserve to be a playoff team, but uh, we're, we're like every other coach and have their program. It's Tuesday, and we're trying to get ready for Montana State, and we'll worry about that other stuff later. You guys have won three out of four after that three-game losing streak to three really good teams, uh, but since then, you guys have been playing really well. What, where has your team turned the corner? What have you liked in their improvement? What has been the key to the improvement? Hey, we played great in those losses. Right. I mean, we, you, if you give us, I always say games come down to three plays. If you give us one play against North Dakota State, we beat the Bison in Fargo. We beat them in the Dome. If you give us one of three different plays. And uh, so we played great there. And we went to North Dakota. And we played great there and, and lost a close game. So um, not that we didn't, you know, we played bad. 
really, really against the Grizz, who, you know, Bobby did a great job. He outcoached me and they outplayed us. I think really that's the only game for us that I think as you go through a growth in a program, just handling sometimes expectations. And normally our guys play with a lot of joy in their heart and have a lot of fun. And I really thought for whatever reason, that game was the one game in my tenure here that sort of the expectations maybe got to us just a little bit. Cause I just, I don't think we had as much fun as we normally do playing. Um, we're not really as relaxed. Um, like I said, our guys always work hard, but shoot, other than that game, I've been really happy with, with what's gone on. I mean, you've had games where they've scored more points than we did, but, uh, I'll, I'll put our effort and what we did in Fargo in the dome against the Bison up against what anybody's done with them. And, and I think most people would tell you that's the best Bison team in the last, I know I've seen them the last two years, the national championship game, and this year's team is the best team I've seen them. Coach, usually by week 10, we feel like we got a pretty good pulse on a lot of teams we've been covering. Montana State is the only team I've ever covered that I know less about in the 10th week than I knew about in the first <laughs> week. I don't, I can't make heads or tails of Montana State sometimes, what they do, what you look at them, and as you game plan for them, what stands out to you uh, with this team, and what, what's your assessment of them in general? Well, you know Choder's always going to have those guys playing hard. They're going to be really well coached and uh, get after it. You know, they're a strong, physical team. Um, obviously, a variety of ways of running the ball and a bunch of different guys playing quarterback um, or lined up at the quarterback position um, and give you a lot of problems that way. And defensively, real solid, um, good tacklers, physical, strong, aggressive team, really solid special teams. Um so I, and I don't know all the ins and outs of maybe what's going on for them. I don't know if you guys are trying to, to figure them out. To me, they've they've kind of always been that way. Not so sometimes injuries uh, kind of curtail people maybe what they want to do a little bit. But hey, this this is a well polished football team, and they're another team that can could make some damage in the playoffs if they get in because they can run the ball, they can stop the run, they're sound on special teams. Let's talk run games on both sides in this matchup. First of all, your great running back, Alonzo Gilliam, he's coming off a 242-yard effort. He's the only big sky running back over 1,000 yards this season. I know that Jake Mayer gets a ton of the headlines when it comes to the offense, and justifiably so. He's a wonderful kid. We've had him on the show multiple times, and he's excellent to talk to. But Alonzo, to me, is such a diverse and dynamic running back. Why is he playing so well right now? It, it really is uh, phenomenal. You look at uh, obviously, um, you know, we had the Offensive Player of the Year last year in Keelan Doss, and, I mean, Lonzi's touched the ball way more than, than Keelan ever did, and, and Lonzi's got 41 catches as well. I mean, he's this kid's got a lot of skill now. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, and we've had some injuries at running back, too. He played two games this year where he played every snap on offense, every snap at running back. Did not come out of the game, and uh, he's tough. He's really tough. Uh, he's elusive. He's tough to tackle, um, but he's, he just can do a lot of different things. Um, he may not be, in a sense, the burner, although we had a long run for a touchdown against Portland State the other night. But he's super, super productive, and he's slippery, and he's tough to tackle. He's tough to get down the open field. And like I said, he's got a good combination of toughness and football intelligence and ability to catch the ball and real versatile player. Dan Hawkins joining us. He's the head coach of the UC Davis Aggies. UC Davis hosting Montana State, 4 o'clock Pacific, 5 o'clock Mountain on Saturday. And when you look at the other side on the Bobcat run game, they've had six different guys go over 100 yards rushing in a single game this year. They come at you in waves. Even the last couple weeks, they've had even more guys get involved in the run game. Guys who hadn't even touched the ball the first couple months of the season are all of a sudden getting jet sweep and fly sweep plays. What do you see out of Montana State's run game that makes it diverse and hard to stop? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's it. They all kind of do. I mean, it's, they, they can run option out of it, which they do, but then it really is, becomes a really a lot of legitimate quarterback run game. So it gives you another blocker uh, and creates another gap in there that you got to try to figure out. And then they've got enough eye candy and confusion with run and fly sweep and uh, some of the action off of that. But they use a lot of players. Um, a lot of them have a lot of skill. you got some big, strong physical guys or some more – other faster guys, I mean, they, they keep coming at you in waves. 
Coach, normally, you know, all, all, all teams have, you know, a guy or two that kind of stand out, but Troy Anderson, particularly for Montana State, is a guy who's used in as many variety of ways as any I've ever seen and is maybe better than any I've ever seen in the Big Sky Conference. When you take a look at him on the field offensively, defensively, what stands out to you about about him? Well, yeah, pretty cool. I'm an old small school guy. I had about 140 kids in my high school, and he played all, every position and right. played special teams. And then, you you know, you played basketball, and then you ran track, and then you went over and played baseball. And, I mean, I love those throwback guys. I love those guys who can do everything and um, super talented, can run. He's big, physical, athletic. Uh, you know, just a fun guy to watch, uh, kind of a throwback dude because he can do a lot of things for you. You've been coaching a long time. Do you remember anybody? I mean, Troy Anderson has had two different, I, I guess actually three times this season where he scored a touchdown on offense and then on the ensuing defensive possession gotten a sack. Can you remember anybody like that in your coaching career? Well, it's hard anymore because people always box people in and say, oh, yeah, this guy, he's, he's a receiver, he's a tight end, and they don't, they don't move him around. I think you look at Bill Belichick sometimes and he'll play his, best linebacker at tight end and they'll play his best receiver at DB and I think sometimes we overthink it a little bit trying to get your best people on the field and I, I give Choder a lot of credit for, for using him that way. When you look at Montana State's defense, they've been really good the last several, they've been really good all year but they've been particularly good the last several weeks. I think they've only given up three offensive touchdowns in the last three games so uh, that unit, what do you think they're doing well? How do you think your offense matches up against the Bobcat defense? Well, they're coming together really well uh, playing real solid like I said they're not going to make errors they're big strong fast physical they're going to run to the ball uh, they're very good tacklers you can't get them out of position you've got to play real football against them so not an easy test by any means in your defense what have you liked about the progression you've made I know you're playing some young guys there it seems like Nick Eaton has really made a huge splash he's been conference player of the week a couple times as just a redshirt freshman so what do you liked about his performance, and what do you thought of that unit overall so far this season? Yeah, Nick, he's another kid that just really uh, excelled on offense in high school as well. Um, really athletic, got a good smile, good energy, uh, fun to be around, plays hard. Um, but we use a lot of guys over there, and I think we have guys that, again, have a high football intelligence, and uh, we try to use that to some degree. And I've been playing a lot of guys. And used a lot of guys over there, and uh, as you well know, man, in this conference, it's <laughs> those poor defensive coordinators. I mean, you <laughs> go from seeing the triple option to Montana State to seeing teams spread out, I and mean, you get—I mean, it's it's a different card game every week. It's it's tough. It's hard to it's hard to stay up with it. Well, Coach, we know that the uh, the number one barometer for how you're doing is staring back at you in the mirror. So we hope that you play with some joy this weekend and the next couple of weeks. It'd be a blast to have Davis back in the tournament again. I love the program, obviously, what you're doing there, and and uh, and we wish you the best the last couple of weeks as we see uh, how this thing plays out. All right? Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, we'll play hard. We'll play well. I don't know what that means, but we'll do those things for sure. Well, you bet you will. Coach, it's two tell and the one is one oh two nine ESPN radio. We appreciate Dan Hawkins being with us very much and uh taking the time out uh to chat us up. And again, a huge game uh this uh this Saturday evening game. It's nice. You can uh you can watch the Grizz game, then watch the Montana State game kind of back to back there, uh which will be excellent. But a huge game. Golter, this is this is an elimination game for UC Davis, so they certainly I mean they may not be in any way, but obviously they have to win the next two against Montana State and then Sacramento State after that. And for Montana State, I don't I don't know if they have to win either of the next two football games, but it sure would make it a done deal if they closed out with with a with a you know a win somewhere. They no, got they it. have to win. You think so? Because oh, no they doubt. played a seven and five cat team has no chance getting in the playoffs. Okay. I think an eight and four cat team's on the bubble. Well, play, here's the thing. Let's say they, let's say they lost. Well, I don't. No, there's no way they an lost eight and four you, cat team is on the bubble. No way. They're in. It depends, man. No, it dep- it, I don't think so, man. They they only have one good win against Southeast Missouri State, and if they beat UC, here's the thing. Here's the crux of the situation. UC Davis is a good win until the Cats beat them. 
Because then the UC Davis is likely going to finish 5-7, and seven, and that's not a good win anymore. All I'm saying is this. The Montana State Bobcats are the number 10 team in the nation. Yeah. If they beat UC Davis, they yeah, will be, be 10 or better. And if even if they were then to lose in the brawl, they would be losing to a top 10 ranked yeah, I agree. opponent. I agree. And so they would they would be in. And obviously if they, if they win that game, in. then they would be then they would be in. If they lose both, they're out. Okay. All right. Well, it becomes a huge game. I mean, the the pressure cooker that Cat Grizz is already would just be that much higher if Montana, you know, if, if Montana State doesn't get a win in Davis this weekend. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We'll talk more about this football game, hear from Jeff Choate, and, uh, and discuss playoff scenarios. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Coulter, uh, let's hear quickly from Jeff Choate. Uh, talking about UC Davis and what they do. This is the tail end of about six minutes, but we're just kind of trying to bring you what is the subsequent men- message that uh, that that Jeff Choate has about UC Davis, what they are, and who they do, uh, what they do well. So I think this is a complete team. You know, they've had a little bit of an up and down season when you look at the the record, but they played a tough schedule, man. I mean, they you know opened up with an FBS opponent and then you know went and played uh, North Dakota State and gave them all they wanted. Um, you know, really gave Cal all they wanted to in the opener. And so, um, you know, why is, is is a question that I'm sure they're probably asking, but I know all they care about right now is how. How are they going to go get that next win and, and move forward? When you look at this matchup, UC Davis uh, has a, a really good running back, uh, as we heard Dan Hawkins, you know, talk about. And, but Jake Mayer is, is also an outstanding quarterback. How does this team match up compared to Montana State, which is sort of all over the board, as we know, uh, you know, in, in terms of who and how they want to go about it? It's actually a really good question. I think that first of all, first of all, it's worth noting that earlier in that statement, Jeff Choate said that he his evaluation of the defensive line and the pass rush, he thinks that the two best defensive line pass rush teams in the conference are Sacramento State and UC Davis. That's high praise because. We sort of tug-in-cheek talk about Jeff Choate's ability to evaluate quarterbacks or lack thereof, but his evaluation of personnel is stellar otherwise, and his evaluation of defensive line is elite because that's what his specialty is. Montana State's defensive line is elite. He obviously hasn't analyzed Weaver State because they don't play Weaver State this year, but I think it's high praise for UC Davis's front. Uh, last year in Missoula, Grizz fans got to see Mason Moye. Mm-hmm. In UC Davis's defense, the Sam linebacker comes off the edge a lot. It's kind of a hybrid stand-up outside linebacker defensive end position. And Moye was tied for the league lead in sacks with Bryce Turkby. He had three and a half of them here in Missoula, and he lit Montana up. And Nick Eaton is a tremendous recruit for Mon- for UC Davis. Excuse me. Right, he just got out of the Jerry Rice Award watch list. He's leading their team right now, six and a half sacks as a redshirt freshman. He's won Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Week twice. Uh, he's an awesome player. So I think that's something that Montana State's going to have to be high alert on. As far as the matchup goes, Montana State can get after the passer, the quarterback, and that's the tried-and-true formula. That that's the reason UC Davis is 5-5. Five and five. Because Jake Mayer can throw it all over the place. He can throw it from every angle. He knows what the right decision to make is, but if you put him under duress, that's when he is at his weakest. Mm-hmm. And Montana showed it first, and teams have replicated it. That's not, that's why they lost to Montana. That's why and Montana lost State it. certainly has the ability, as good as anybody, to get after the quarterback. Totally. I mean, Bryce Turk added to the Buchanan Award watch list yep. uh, last week, I guess it was. Yep. And uh, and we know you know who and what they are 
defensively really at all three levels, but especially that front seven. And they'll be able to slow down Alonzo Gilliam, UC Davis' stud running back. Like you heard Dan Hawkins say there, he's touched the ball more than Keelan Doss did when Keelan Doss was the, def- the offensive player of the year in the Big right. Sky two years ago, and they force-fed Keelan Doss. And Gilliam has 206 carries. He's got the most rushing yards in the league. He's also caught 40-plus passes. He's a stud. That said, Montana State's been pretty good against the best running backs. So on that side, I think that I mean UC Davis is awesome on offense. Tim Plow's a great play caller. They have awesome personnel. They have a good line. So... That said, though, I think Montana State matches up well on that side. On the other side, it's all about mitigating the pass rush. Yeah, how do they got to keep? They got to run the ball with authority, and they got to keep Tucker Rovig upright when they decide to throw the ball. Well, plenty more on this game uh, throughout the week on both of these games, of course. So we'll have a lot more sound for for you uh, from all these uh, all of the figures that are uh, at play here. Uh, so we'll look forward to uh, all that. I believe we will have Jay Hill on the show later on this week as well as well as Jake Mayer. So uh, looking forward to uh, to those guys joining us as well. It is two tail. Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, our number one in the books. Our two straight ahead. We get out of some football. We get into some basketball. The home openers for Montana, Montana State happened over the weekend. What happened? We'll tell you next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. And they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold. Or visit online anytime, anywhere, MSU Bookstore. Dot org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 